0: I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the EduGals podcast, a part of the Education
1: Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
2: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. With me each and every week, David Lurch. Each, each and every week. Hello, David coming at you. That's right, it's us. Illinois. Coming <laughs> at you. Nailed the, it. It's the place where uh, spring just doesn't ever seem like it wants to get here. It feels no, like you? it's coming and then it doesn't. Yep. It's like uh, that little kid deciding to jump in the pool just can't can't quite do it. Uh, we had a beautiful day have, yesterday. We're supposed it's to have under... winter
0: weather at the end of this week. Did you hear that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd heard I'd heard that. Fantastic. That's just Fantastic. stupid. Fantastic. Uh but anyway, on a more positive note, uh joining us this evening is Michael Dresic. Michael, say hello to all three of our listeners.
1: Hey, everybody, all three <laughs> of you. Uh, nice <laughs> to meet you virtually. And uh, maybe you can bring a friend and if yeah, you know, we'll have six of us and gather around <laughs> the crowd and make <laughs>
0: And but. speaking of all all three of us, or all six of us, shout out to our moms, of course, who are what, listening to Who this. are they also listening. 51% of this. So.
2: Right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Oh, she sends me tweets all the time. You know, great oh, job yeah, today. Of
0: course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: the, no, I'm, uh, just,
1: I'm just standby tech support for when something goes wrong and not even a hello. Like... Aren't we all? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, definitely both sets of my parents and my wife's parents. Yep. Uh, we just switched our phones, and that was a thing like to try to wipe my mother-in-law's phone who god love her she tries so hard with all the yep. technology sure. never remember passwords to anything and so you know of course you got to put your password in to remove the accounts to wipe them it was a thing but anyway we got it figured out that's and good. uh yeah it was pretty funny me trying as many different variations of what she thought the password would be until i got it right
0: was it android uh, that's, phone or is it an iPhone? Oh yeah android yeah Android yeah yeah Adam likes
2: probably saying, more not, complicated than an iphone he's not an blah, iphone blah, blah, blah.
1: guy michael are you an iphone guy uh, i'm an iphone guy i veered off course once when the pixel came out just to give yep. it a spin yeah. and uh found my way back to iphone me too buddy yep. all right that's cool
2: i mean uh, we can't all be amazing i guess can't all wear turtlenecks uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you
0: it's listen to our last me. episode speaking, speaking of, of
1: spring <laughs> uh i yeah fake spring we we had our uh bout of fake spring here in uh, western new york where it was you know like 70 degree weather you break out the flip-flops for like a day and then boom hit you with the uh the snow storm and this winter weather advisory the very next weekend it's like
2: what even is this we'll get
1: there yeah yeah all right
2: I, it's it's been saying insane, insane here too and I'm about ready, especially with baseball starting, which we'll get to in just a minute because I threw Bro. in a baseball thing in our yes. What's New section because oh, uh, we had a baseball thing last week. So we'll talk about That's that right. just a little bit. Keep it going. Uh, but uh, Michael's joining us from New York, as he mentioned. Michael, you're an instructional tech coach uh, in your school district um, doing awesome things. And we're, we're excited to kind of chat with you a little bit about mm-hmm. redefining digital citizenship and you know, how, we can, how we can do this job uh better more efficiently and more, more efficiently, We'll get to yeah. that when we yep. uh when we talk a little bit. But before we get there, we're gonna jump in and talk about some new and upcoming things. And you know, uh Dave, I was thinking we kind of need like a song. Like we need some kind of like catchy song to get into the like opening, you know, to, yeah. to break up our segments.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: why don't you sing us something to get us into the uh well what's <laughs>
0: new is updates. Maybe it would be that upgrade song by Beyonce. We could do that. Oh we could you do know. that. Now, no, again, I don't I don't know that song. That's okay. Now, again, I could sing yeah. that. However, I feel that me as a middle-aged white man singing Beyonce perhaps would not be the greatest right. thing to do. So what I'm going to do instead, especially because I don't want to be copyright claimed, is if you want to Google that song, pause the podcast right now, that would be an ideal <laughs> thing to do. Or play maybe, song. maybe you're Come not play. a fan of that. Choose something else. Do you yeah. like, maybe you like Muse. I've been listening to Muse a lot lately in anticipation yeah, of their new record. So, yeah. you know, do something like that. Do what floats your boat. That's you a
2: choose-your-own-adventure episode yeah. is what this Maybe is. Maybe you like part.
0: Enya. Who right. cares? Listen <laughs> to what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of calm
2: you down and get you ready for mm-hmm. for the news and updates. So, David, I'm going to let you go first. I'm, I'm assuming
1: it. Muse. We'll go ahead, I Michael. totally forgot about Muse. I used to have a CD back in the day, and now you just uh, – my interest i didn't realize they were still kicking i mean they're
0: fantastic
1: they are good there's a lot they actually had
2: a a new album like five or six years ago that was really good
1: yeah
0: they're they're still great and if you're Mm -hmm. just joining us after pausing that hopefully you enjoyed that little break listening to your own music um but uh in 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 a news and in updates uh we just have one google update right now google docs is pushing out more assistive writing suggestions uh kind of taking what grammarly does uh but pushing it into google docs and uh, and taking their own google spin on it and it's on rapid release schedule as far as i know it it should update for everybody uh sometime soon and uh, it, it works just like other writing suggestions are i think that's just their machine machine learning app uh, adapting to add a little bit more in there to help your writing. So, uh, you know, if you're doing run-on sentences or, you know, comma placement or the word choice that you have here is repetitive or uh, it's an incorrect use cho- uh, word choice, uh, it, it kind of suggests changes that you can make, which I, which I really like. Uh, and when I shared this with our high school English department, uh, they all really liked that feature and thought it was a very cool thing. And then they also said that uh, we're gonna get to the point where no one knows how to write anymore because it's just gonna tell you what to do or suggest mm-hmm. uh, choices to make as you do your writing. So, uh, right. but you know, who knows? I'm a math science guy, so I say, bring it on. I welcome our robot overlords. So,
2: yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and I actually, I really do. I do like the feature. in In Gmail, it's fantastic. It is. Fantastic. It, it completes so many sentences for me. It definitely makes email writing faster. That I will definitely agree with. I use it all um, the time the, in
0: Docs too yeah
2: yeah the one thing that drives me crazy though is on my phone
0: yeah
2: um or when it gives you suggestions of quick answers you know like great thanks or whatever the punctuation is always wrong and that drives like i would never write it that way i would never write great comma thanks like that's not a complete sentence it's got to be great exclamation point thanks period or whatever uh, it's like separate cents. So to me I feel like that's a waste because I you know I'm one of those idiots who make sure that my punctuation is correct in all of my text messages.
0: You're an English um, guy.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those things.
0: No, that's so, all, that's good. And 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 yeah. like they said, you know, they, they would like uh, our English department I'm referring to. A couple of them said I wish that I had the ability to kind of toggle this on and off for mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for that's students, true. which I think is a great point. So I told them, "Hey, suggest it to Google because they do read those things." So Right. Right. I agree. On, on the topic of uh, tech overlords. Elon, <laughs> That's Elon a great Musk, segue. Thank you. Elon Musk has just become the majority shareholder of Twitter. So as of, I think uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. And as of today, Twitter stock is up like 30 points, which is kind of nice because right now the stock market is just an absolute atrocity.
1: Or if you're listening yeah.
0: to this in the future, uh, then it's crushing it, hopefully. And um, <laughs> But yeah, he's the largest shareholder and uh, he, he bought, I think he, I think it's like 9.6% of Twitter he now owns. Yeah. And, it was like uh, two
2: point something billion dollars. Yeah.
0: A huge amount of money. And I don't quite know why. Like I, I, I mean, I'm all, you know what, if you, you have all that money and you want to buy a stake in a big tech company, uh, particularly mm-hmm. social media, I think that um, a lot of these billionaires want to buy into uh, like informational technology groups like Bezos owns the Washington post and you know, Zuckerberg obviously is running Facebook. And, um, I think they all kind of want to have a hand in that, but I don't quite see where the benefit is for him because I, I know people will throw out the, the freedom of speech thing, but I mean, freedom of speech is great, but Twitter's a private company. So like they, they can, they can dictate what the terms of their usage are. I mean, you know, because it is in fact a for-profit company, you know, and, and as long as it's not in violation of any of the major. Right. So I just don't understand like what the purpose is, but I don't know, maybe he's, maybe he's going a certain route with it or he just has the money to spend. Or I, I really, I really don't know.
1: Yeah. He just really yeah. wants that edit button. I mean, and he's pumping all that money. into <laughs> that. Edit
0: Get that thing done, man. So we don't have to delete our <laughs> tweets when there's a misspelling in it. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is really interesting. I, I've,
2: it just gives a whole lot of power to a very small number of people. Right. I mean, it's one. I, I don't know. I the that article that you're posted. We're gonna put those in the show notes. The article yeah. talks about him being concerned about um, freedom of speech, and like that's why he wants to own so much so he can kind of make sure that it stays that way and doesn't become.
0: But has he ever been know, censored? I don't know. <sighs> I don't think he has been.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Without getting political, I hate yeah. to, we almost have to not have this conversation without right. saying we agree or disagree with this politics. Well,
0: and I, and I don't know what I think of it. I mean, he's a billionaire. He can do what he wants with his money. I just think it's interesting because I think, so I think we can get not political and talk about true. I mean, truly, uh, it is a little bit concerning, I think, for the future that we have just a handful of people controlling the bulk of all these technology resources. And yeah. they're kind of, they're not afraid of government sanctions on it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I, I do yeah. think there's a, there's a level of concern there, you know, j- just because um, you do have the ability to sanitize a little bit or push out what you want. You know, that, that could be monetarily beneficial to that individual. But again, you know, maybe not, I don't know. We own a Tesla, so obviously we like Elon, <laughs> but. Uh, Yo you no know, Elon. Yeah. It's just, you know, and he might be listening to this later in which case um, I think you're yeah. doing a great job as president now, president Musk. So uh, whatever you say, <laughs> sir, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was That's an interesting, right. it, I think it's an interesting topic and I just don't yeah. see the, I don't necessarily see the strategy behind it. So.
2: Yeah. I'm, I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. If anything, yeah. maybe he's just maintaining control just to keep things from happening.
0: Apparently he and Jack Dorsey are pretty good buddies. And oh, really? uh, I guess Jack Dorsey is wanting to get out of it. Um, and mm. so th- I think that's been a rumor too, is that maybe he was encouraging him to to buy into it, to kind of continue what's yeah. going on versus selling it off another way. So, but yeah, yeah. Could be so interesting, interesting thing. So,
2: yeah. Uh, all right. So you got another thing in there about uh, Google play crackdowns. Yeah. Is, this, uh, is this similar to, I like to not necessarily jump too far ahead and read all your stuff. Um, So is this similar to like like Netflix cracking down on
0: password sharing and stuff? Um, Well, it's more about the, not the password sharing as much, but it's more about um, Google has a rule, I guess, that uh, it's it's all about the billing system that they use in Google Play. So uh, if you Hmm. sell something through Google Play, um, they want you to use the Google billing system that's in there, not like as a marketplace where you can then go to Amazon and buy it. Um gotcha. and so they wanna have if you're gonna sell stuff, they wanna have the digital stuff sold through Google Play. And I guess this has been a um this has been like in the works for several months, but they haven't actually made the decision to push it through with an update. Now the update came through and they're I think some companies are withdrawing because they don't want to go through that mm-hmm. process of I think giving a small percentage of their earnings to Google. So I saw like Spotify and Netflix are talking about removing themselves from the Play Store and a few other um a few other companies, March 31st was the day when they were supposed to do that. So it's just kind of interesting uh, and, and, and something to pay attention to. I mean, I mean, I would imagine that this all gets sorted out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that those big companies like Amazon or Barnes and Noble or, or uh, uh, Spotify or Netflix, they're going to come to an agreement with it. You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the right. day, they just want to push their stuff out, but um, it's still kind of, still kind of interesting. And, and if you read down in the article, it talks a little bit about how, even though this is a policy they have, they're giving special um, rules to like Spotify or Amazon mm-hmm. to, the big uh, ones. yeah. So it just, just kind of an interesting thing that Google is doing right now. And, um, you know, huh. kind of consolidating things that are going on. So interesting. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, um, so I'm going to shift the gears uh, just for a moment and talk uh, a little bit about baseball because uh, as uh, the spring rolls around, this is like one of my favorite times of year. March madness is, like probably my favorite few weeks of athletics for And what a I don't great five four. Oh, such a good season. Oh Just the gosh. whole uh, whole tournament was good. So good. Um, you know, like dislike or like Coach K, you got what you wanted. You know, like, yeah, if you hate coach K, he didn't win it. If you right. love coach K, he made it all the way to the final four. You know what I mean? Like and lost it worked out okay in that game. respect, which is good. Cause I'm a little bit tired of hearing about it, but for the most part, <laughs> um, like the rest of the teams were good. Comp- everything yep. was good. But anyway, it's baseball time now. Um, so we talked just briefly last uh, on the last episode uh, about holes coming back to the Cardinals. We're pretty excited about that. Yep. Michael, you got a lot of great baseball where you're at.
1: Are you a baseball fan? I am, yeah, and here in Buffalo just a fun fact, we had the uh, first official game of the baseball season the Buffalo Bisons, uh, their AAA game on Tuesday at 105 nice, was like the first professional baseball game of the season, just based on the timing of when the other games hit, so that was awesome. a, a fun fact, we're the affiliate with the Toronto Blue Jays, so oh, awesome. here, um, you know, I uh, have MLB TV subscription, uh, unfortunately get blacked out of yeah. Yankees, Mets, Pirates, and uh, the uh, Guardians games now <gasps> i have no Great. idea i'm like eight hours from new york city i'm four hours from pittsburgh yeah. three and a half hours from cleveland but those games don't play through uh luckily i'm a blue jays fan and uh those I'm, games yeah. come in so it's come only on 90 local. minutes 90 minutes from here to toronto so wow. yep
2: that's uh yeah that's a lot there's a lot of good baseball up there new york's gonna be good and both teams are gonna be good toronto's gonna be good boston's gonna be good uh, you're not going to need to worry about Pittsburgh too much this year, I don't think. I don't think uh, so. Either. Everybody else is going to be good. But every year in the spring, and this is the purpose of why I bring, me bringing this up, is they release the Pacota standings, which are basically this predictive system uh, where they, they predict how many wins each team is going to have. Uh, and so then they do the standings that way. And you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they're right. Sometimes they're way off. Right. Um, nobody predicted the Cardinals finished last year. Uh, they, I think they had them at like 78 wins and they ended up right. with 90 last year. So like uh, you know, it's not uh, it's definitely not something in stone, but I do love looking at it because it is this year. They've got obviously Milwaukee's going to be great in the central in the NL central Cincinnati. They've got more wins than St. Louis. I have a hard time believing that. Uh, but the thing that kind of made me bring this up uh, as we sort of talk a little bit about education is that also in the spring, And I'm again. It's different with every state, but in Illinois, we have our state standard testing period, uh, which happens right at the same time at the school that the baseball season starts. And I I I sort of see these standings that come out in April as almost the same as getting like test results from standardized testing. Like it's an interesting thing to look at, but like I would definitely not go ahead and give the trophy to the Yankees. You know I mean? I'm right. not, or the, the Dodgers. It's going to be Dodgers, the Yankees. If we look at this, right. But if we look at this standing, it's, it's Yankees Dodgers in the world series. Right. Like, do we know that's how this is going to end up? Absolutely not. And so we look at, I kind of look the same way at like standardized testing. I think it's an interesting way to sort of get an idea maybe of where right. a, uh, a student may be, but this is definitely not, the path that I will then set for them in their future, um, you know, and and I don't like that we rely so much on these tests. And again, my own kids being 17, they're looking at colleges where they're taking the SAT in two weeks again. Um, and, you know, the pressure that they have to put on themselves to do well on this test, I think, is and again, this is not a new conversation, but it always kind of comes up at the same time. I think it's terrible that they have to do as well as they as they are, you know, pushed to do on these tests right. just to, to go to college. Which you know, then we can have the discussion of is, is college absolutely necessary? I don't know about that either. So anyway, it's a big discussion. Uh, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with baseball, but I do see a lot of similarities between uh, you know these types of things. And baseball is a very by the numbers sport. Um, right. you know, watch Moneyball. is absolutely fascinating to see Amazing. the the guys who talk about how you know numbers should drive the game while the other guys are like, Well, yeah, but like, did you see how hot his girlfriend was? Like he should be starting, you know what I mean? Like, is right. are those the types of things that we're using to base, you know, the quality of a player? And um I feel like we do that with students too. You know, I mean, we look at these numbers, but like, I mean, we all know kids, we've all taught, we all know kids who bomb tests but are like super smart or super right. intuitive or you know really creative so there's not a way to measure that you know you look at this the cardinals they've got them winning 79 games uh you know there's no h- way. how do we know pools isn't going to go on a rip in his last year and hit 40 home runs and like he's everybody up, rallies around, around roster, him oh so yeah yeah i mean how do we know that's not going to happen so uh you know there's just a lot of unknowns in all of this stuff and i don't like putting numbers on kids and numbers on teams like this to then say well whatever this is what they're going to do when we move on uh but again at this in the same vein i did just say that about pittsburgh um pittsburgh is gonna they say they're gonna only win 66 games this year and i think that might actually be accurate
1: but i wonder like how much of that is a little bit of you know when i played sports i played college all the way through college hockey things like that and uh you know we had what would you call bulletin board material right like i don't know if something right. like that fires up a team you know they're all competitive uh right. hey look what they're saying about you they're predicting this and they you know that drives them a little bit yep. i don't know if there's right. equivalent there for education i mean typically if you tell a kid they're going to do poorly they're going to take that to heart and probably uh do poorly still
2: do poorly but, <laughs> right
1: you know, you try to you know try to you know set the expectations high and hopefully they they rise to the occasion but yeah i could see some correlations there in terms of you know so the, the, i could see the connection uh, yeah maybe it's maybe. interesting
2: i I don't know. Maybe be a bit of a reach, but I like to try to connect them. And somewhere.
1: then speaking of, uh, I know this is an that tech podcast. You're talking tech. uh you see the, the? And we're talking baseball. Did you see the pitch com stuff from the catcher to the pitcher to try to stop the signal stealing? It was. It would be something that the catcher would wear on its wrist, right? Um, so that it could send something in um, to the pitcher that the pitcher can see, but it, it takes the, the. I guess the, maybe the hand signals out of it,
2: right? Um, is that? Are they trying that at AAA, or is that? I, I,
1: uh yeah i think i'm not sure where they were testing it but i think it's something that may be coming down the line
2: there's a couple other weird rules and and things that we're trying i think they were were they trying video umpires yep balls and strikes someplace i don't remember what level that was at
0: yeah and i mean but that's the same thing right like your, your umpire you he shouldn't be they shouldn't be driven by emotion but right. you, you also have to account for things like, hey, I had a bad play, you like I had a bad call, right? This person was mm-hmm. out and I called them safe. So they do makeup calls all the time, you know, yeah. and if you if you right. call the game perfect, it, it kind of takes the, the fun out of that. I don't know that that's my I think teaching is so much more of an art than a science, but we're trying to force mm-hmm. it into a science. And, and you know, you, there's just so much nuance to that, that um, you're 100 percent right. right. You know, you can predict what a kid's going to do, but, you know. Somebody could roll in and put no effort in and guess the whole thing correct, you know? So yeah. it just, it's just how it is. But.
2: Yeah. There is something to be said for like knowing you threw a strike or threw a ball. Like, I don't, you guys play wiffle ball at all. I play yeah. wiffle ball a lot with my kids. Sure. And we love setting up the chair because, like, if it hits the chair, like, right. it's a strike. Even if it just nicked it on the inside or the it's very strike. outside, which, yep. you know, I mean, there's no argument there. So I don't know. I do kind of see both sides, but there, it does take the, emotional side out of baseball which is part of the reason why we watch baseball i mean a lot of people think baseball is super boring because 99 percent of it is them doing nothing but uh you know if you take that mentality out of it i don't know it would be interesting it'd be interesting if they make the change i hope they don't um the the calm thing is kind of a cool idea but it is yeah
0: and, and it's know. because of that second base stealing, you know, and I think it's yeah. also because of the length that teams are going to steal signals, you know, but, Yeah. or you could be, yeah. I just, my, uh, my buddy's a baseball coach uh, near us. He's a high school baseball coach and just sent me a video of, uh, Zach Granke. He loves Zach Granke and sent me mm. a video of weird stuff. Zach, Gr- Zach Granke's done over the years. And I guess a couple of years ago when he was on the Astros, he was telling the other team, uh, what the signs were and what pitch he was going to throw and threw seven innings to shut out baseball. So, <laughs> So he would shout it out: <laughs> fastball in, and then throw it. <laughs> so That's so is that like like that. Brol Durham?
2: Me like, yes, all right, it's, it's gonna be hilarious. right down the middle.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious, and just calling every, a shot. Yeah, yeah. every time he was just shouted out: curveball, and would just throw That's, it. And, uh, I, mean, I
1: don't, that doesn't surprise me. Grinky's yeah. pretty awesome.
0: He's a, he's a, he's a odd duck, but
1: yeah. I don't. We had uh, when the Blue Jays couldn't play in Toronto, when uh, they were shut out, and they had to play out of Buffalo last season. Um, oh, yeah, the Astros came to town and I happened to go to a game and uh, there was a kid dressed up with suspenders, but he had a garbage can around him and he was dressed <laughs> up like the, uh, the garbage can. It just cracked me up. I was like, Oh, that is genius. Amazing.
0: And you know what? I hope that, that continues to go forever because it's such a great way to rag on that team. So, Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, so yeah. great. That's terrible. Uh, all right. So our last little up- news and update actually just happened today. Yeah. If you're watching this, uh, or yesterday and today, um, if you're listening to this on friday it was tuesday and wednesday uh but our friend of the show friend john the show. spike who was mm-hmm. on uh last season a uh, friend of mine from uh from lax from the innovator academy he's from milwaukee he's super cool guy super fun he and i are like uh we have weird odd similarities anyway he built a uh, a board game called game stormers and he mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast. And he launched his Kickstarter yesterday, and the link is going to be in the show notes if you want to contribute. It's still you, you still can, uh, but he met his expectation in just uh, right about 24 hours. Which is crazy. raised $10,000 in 24 hours on Kickstarter. Right now it's at uh, 11400 so. 11, Yeah. So it, it really is uh, such a cool thing. And he talks about it on the podcast. Uh, and I am not, I don't remember which episode it is, so we'll throw that in the show notes as well. But uh, we're going to have him back on as an update uh, in a couple weeks probably and, and get that uh, so we can kind of tell us where he's at and sort of promote that a little bit. But we definitely urge you to go to the Kickstarter and throw in a, f- a few bucks if you can uh because it's it's a neat project it's a game where you build a game so you're in the game you're playing a game and you're building uh, another game uh with uh you know coming up with ideas and creativity and and uh game mechanics and then you got to sell it to the rest of the people that you're playing with and and they vote and uh, there's a lot of different cool ways to win and and the art is amazing he got these Mm -hmm. amazing artists uh to do these to do the cards and the board and it looks phenomenal so anyway uh get on there the link's on there and check it out and contribute to uh to john's uh, game stormers kickstarter super cool very cool all right so uh that's like what's new and interesting and hopefully we you know we, we veered off topic a little bit but uh that brings us to talking uh to michael michael drezek again uh from new york and um so tell us a little bit about your your journey we kind of always ask our guests like how did you get Mm-hmm. Uh, to where you are now. It's always an interesting way to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll go back to when I was younger. My mother was a, uh, an itinerant vision teacher. She taught kids how to read Braille. Uh, she traveled between schools. Uh, my father was uh, actually making eyeglasses. It's kind of funny that they're in that same uh, industry. And uh, my <laughs> grandmother was a special education teacher. My grandfather was a school administrator. Uh, I enjoyed school. Uh, but I can remember when I was a senior uh, of high school, I was like my last math class. I remember taking a picture of the clock uh, because I was like, yes, I'm done with math forever. Um, went to college. I was going to get into, uh, yeah, I was going to get into uh, like, uh, you know, I'm like, I wanted to learn the optical business. Like going to follow my dad's footsteps, make eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, was a biology major. Um, just hated all of the, the reading in the labs. And it just, I don't know, I guess I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I might. And um, was interested in technology uh, picked up uh, a computer science minor eventually turned that into a major um, and i remember i was playing hockey at the time so we were on the road practice three hours a day it was like a lot of work being a student athlete at that level and then uh here's your 24-hour lab pass to do some programming i was like Whoa, what are, 24-hour pass like this is intense so i mean it was just uh, it was a grind um fell in love with my math classes oddly enough in college really like the professors and you know, I guess, like with my family being in education, I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll give this thing a, tri- a trice, uh, you know, did some uh, volunteer hours, supervising some classes. Like, what am I going to do with a math degree? Uh, yeah, you know, maybe I can, maybe, I, maybe I'll, maybe I will go into uh, uh, math. I don't know. Maybe it was just, I jinxed myself by taking a picture of that clock, thinking it would be my last math class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never again. Yeah. So. Uh, but I loved it. Like, I mean, getting into it, I think it was just it was a fit for me. It was where I was meant to be. Um, really enjoyed it. I taught middle school math for 10 years, uh, eighth grade math and ninth kids taking the high school level algebra one. And uh, th- during that time, I got my master's in educational technology here in New York. You have to get your master's degree within like five years of uh, really ending your first teaching job. Like it's a requirement. Um, really? So I, had to pick, I didn't know that. I had to pick something to get my master's in. It's like, OK. Uh, and I was just into ed tech. I don't know. I just like trying different things in my classroom. There was a program at uh, one of our uh, state universities. And uh, 2014, it opened up an opportunity for a uh, teacher's uh, a grant, I guess, through the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was a one year, I interviewed for the position. It was like a one year teacher on special assignment position that was just supposed to be one year. You do this for a year, we send you back to the math classroom. Uh, all right, gave it a shot, stepped out, uh, started like supporting other teachers, doing some trainings, things like that. Um, Try to had to like kind of carve out what that role would look like because no one had done it before. Um, mm-hmm. I was getting calls like, hey, can you fix my smart board or this, le- this isn't working? You know, I had to really like try to change the mindset of like right. instructional technology versus mm-hmm. someone in the IT department. Um, right it went really well the first year and the district decided that they wanted to keep it going. So they kept it going. I did it solo for like three years. They kept on renewing it. Like, Hey, do you want to do this again? We like the way this is going. You want to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> I just kept on. And then eventually it got popular where it was like almost too much for me to do solo. Yeah. And an uh-huh. now there's two of us I'm in my eighth year of doing this. So I'm in my 18th year of education, all in the same district. Uh, like I said, 10 years of math, eight years tech integrator. Um, so like through those 18 years in the same school district, built up a lot of relationships, really got to know people. Um, I I have a kennel link and I wouldn't say I'm a, an instructional coach and that I have to work with everybody. Um, I am, I I get booked uh, on an as needed basis and Mm -hmm. I enjoy that because I'm working with people that really want to work with me. They want to collaborate. They want to step out of their comfort zone. And I guess through the years, I guess, you know, the unknown of like what, I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. I don't know. Right. I mean, I, oh, I, that's that's an exaggeration. I know what tomorrow's going to look like, but I don't know what <laughs> uh, you know. A couple of weeks from now, there's a, a project on the horizon that I haven't even like thought of yet. I just love yeah, that. Right. I love that unknown. Like whereas math, it was pretty regimented. I knew what I was doing. I was just sure. Uh, so I'm glad I I guess went into this role. I met like a. T- I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you because I stepped out of my little bubble of eighth grade team tradition in the corner mm-hmm. of my middle school. And then just realized like, holy smokes, there's a whole world of educators out here doing really cool stuff. And then getting connected with them, you know, on Twitter and in other social spaces, I guess pushed me to, you know, I don't know, be better because I see some great stuff happening. And right. it's like, you know, Hey, I want to, that's a great idea. i want to bring that back to my school and remix it or try this or try that. And sometimes it goes great. Sometimes a face plant, but just keep pushing forward. <laughs>
0: And oh, And I think it's 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 one of those things you need that experience ahead of time though, and you hit on something so big, which is relationships uh, we We are currently in our little area here in, a, in southern illinois uh, that's been a big push. A lot of our school districts are are smaller, uh, not not particularly big, and so they're really exploring what that looks like if you have somebody who's there to implement or somebody who is there to coach or, you know, do that role. And truly it does come down to relationships. I mean, methodology is great and, and having a a baseline of knowledge is so important, but it's those relationships because, you know, like you said, people come to you because they want to work with you. And for teachers, that's such a, a challenging thing, you know, to be that open and, and do that. So, you know, I, uh, we've, I've heard a couple of people uh, as of late asking, like, how do I get into this coaching thing? And my response has not been a good one. I've said teach for 10 years because mm-hmm. you have to have that baseline to do it. You know what I mean? It's just how you build those relationships and and how you develop everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, that definitely really helped me. Um, you know, and and being able to go back to my middle school. Like I was there today working with a German teacher. Um, and it was funny, I just did an observation lesson. I still get observed on the regular teacher track, follow the right. Danielson rubric, do right. all that stuff. Um but I had never taught it. I don't know a lick of German uh, get, to get in front of that classroom. And the kids were laughing at me trying to pronounce certain words, but I knew like <laughs> I was going to take the this weather report project that they have done in such a traditional way in the past and and bring that to life with multimedia. We use Buncee, there's audio recordings, there's animations, you know, just getting creative with a little bit. And I think the teacher was grateful um, to try something new that they have never seen before. So I just, I don't know, I like getting in there and just doing those types of things and, and working with yeah. kids every day and it was, you know, when I the, the the admin that was in the back of the room observing a bunch of kids, you know, coming to the room. Hey, Mr. Dresic. Hey, how are you? Know, I remember you from whatever elementary school because this was a seventh grade class. And the COVID shutdown, I haven't seen some of these kids since they were, you know, fourth or fifth graders or whatever. Right. Um, so I think those types of relationships with the with the students, I think, are are helpful too for me at least. Like, I love that I can be working with kindergartners and seniors in the same day. I love that. Um, That's awesome kids can remember me from one project and then they think, they think that we're going to be doing that thing that we did last time, but we're going to do com- something completely different. So I think that kind of drives me as well.
2: I think it's interesting that you started this in 2014. That seems really early. Like we, uh, you know, I, I have, was a coach for a few years too, and, but I didn't start it until like 2017, almost 2018. And that was still kind of early in our area. Yeah. Um, so was there kind of a push then like for districts to do this sort of teacher on special assignment type thing?
1: yeah i mean that was a, i know we, we had had a teacher and special assignment for like a reading specialist in the past but mm-hmm. um those are like full-time positions now but i yeah. think it was relatively new as far as like the technology side of things and i know to, you know i joke that i what i don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like i do know what tomorrow's gonna look like because i'm at a regional tech forum with other tech integrators in western new york and um we you know we have these meetups like once every other month with, where like 60 to of us come together and we have a day of learning sharing connecting uh, facilitated by a regional like tech center. And uh, so it's, it's just like, there's I, there's a district nearby here that has like one of me in every single one of their schools. I like the wow. fact that I travel between five schools right? Um, right. that I'm not like stuck in one building. I, I, I appreciate that. But I think at the same time, I think about like, yeah, maybe it would be really cool to be in one building all the time. And like, we talk about relationships, like really um, digging yeah. in to some of that work. Whereas like sometimes I could go month without seeing somebody from a certain grade level you know right um, in any case but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it was early i'm trying to think of some of the things that we did back you know when you think of like what it looked like in 2014 yeah. 15 right what it looks like now in 21 22 it's just i mean yeah it's like world's different
0: and i think
2: people in 2014 google them. google was still getting started right in yep. education in 2014
1: yeah, like, that was the first year we had Google accounts, Google, yeah. like, you know, Google was like, I was kind of tasked with trying to to get the ball rolling on that, right. and, and we, we, it's and it's kind of funny, we, we didn't become one-to-one um, until just this school year. Uh, oh, wow, really? Well. Like, we've been operating off of shared carts of, like, yeah. either iPads or Chromebooks or, like, Windows 10 devices, and mm-hmm. um, so I think it's, you know, I guess getting people to try to make that shift to like, Oh, these kids have a device with them now all day. It changes right. their thinking a little bit. So I just like, I was going to sessions sometimes, I guess it was, I'm going to sessions for one-to-one at different conferences, like learning, but we weren't there yet. So it's right. like, trying there, yeah. to, I'm like, I know we've got to get, we'll be here eventually. And, sure. the, and I guess the pandemic kind of forced that hand.
2: Sure. It definitely helps to have a, a tech person. If you're, if you're sharing cards to kind of help, manage that and keep it from just becoming a, okay, we've got the cart. Now we're just going to type this right. hour or I need the cart cause we're writing essays. And like, that's right. the only reason why we have the cart. Cause that's how ours was. It was, te- that was terrible. When we were sharing carts, it was totally, you know, devoured by the English department cause we had to write essays. Nobody else ever got to use them. So it'd be nice if we'd had somebody who'd been like, all right, hold on now, here's how we're going to use these computers. Or yeah, computers. All, we just made sure them. we had,
1: like, Minecraft education on yeah. one of the carts. It's like, okay, we're using this. Or, like, what are you, you – do you, you really need an iPad to use the iPad or do you have, you need a specific app to do something right. super specific? You know, I don't know, just trying to make – I guess have those conversations to ensure, like you said, that it either wasn't getting monopolized or whatever. Yeah.
2: No, Dave, you look like you were going to say something. I didn't want to interrupt you. No?
0: Nope okay <laughs> i was gonna say that
2: <laughs> nope <laughs> so you put in your um you put in your uh, when you mentioned that you wanted to be on on the podcast you're talking about redefining digital citizenship and this is yeah. something that comes up all the time mm-hmm. uh you know we deal a lot with people who teach technology and the digital citizenship element should be in every class uh but it's hard because it falls to the computer teacher or it just becomes right. a hey don't tell anybody your password like that's digital citizenship but there's so much more to that. Uh, what like what kind of things do you guys do uh, up there to kind of promote the citizenship level?
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, I've seen some of those lessons. I've seen some of the posters like hanging in the walls of the school of like what not to do. Right. And I think it's just, uh, have, you know, like the, the the ISTE presentation, you know, that keynote that Richard Collada gave is like cha- shifting it from like a list of do's you know, incur having the mm. right conversations and putting a positive spin on it so that it's not just like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't- right. Yes. Having a strong password is important. Yes. Um, you know, there mm-hmm. are certain things that you should just be mindful of and, you know, but not to teach digital citizenship, I guess, out of the place of fear. Um, you know, when we looked at right. having, uh, um, the, um, the documentary shared at our school called screenagers. And that was just specifically out of like the dangers of having a cell phone. And absolutely there's dangers to having a cell phone, but there's also a lot of positive things that can be done with that piece of technology in your pocket. Mm. So, Like how are we having the right conversations about like, you know, how can you use this device to make the world a better place? Um, just this, this, those questions and those conversations. So, you know, we look at like the five pillars of the, uh, the digital citizenship framework which is I'm alert I am balanced I'm engaged I am informed I am inclusive so we really try to take those like five key words and then dig into them and make sure that those types of things and those types of conversations are happening in other classes so um, we kind of partnered up with the digital citizenship Institute and dr. Mary Alice Curran uh, a few years ago and it was I'd say for our district is one of the greatest things we've ever done because um, she has just a phenomenal background of hosting like digital citizenship summits and digital citizenship events to really get us thinking about what it could look like mm-hmm. um we hosted a digital citizenship summit in our district that was essentially an entire student-led conference so we took one of our staff development days and the we had probably like 15 different student-led stations around the gym that the teachers instead of like hearing a keynote or instead of hearing um you know, just breaking out into teacher workshops, they were actually going around learning from the students. There was a digital citizenship carnival in the gym. Um, I mean, we had kids, we had kids. So like an example was there were students that were, their group was called the junior water walkers and they were programming a micro bit to act as a step counter to, and then they were walking for fresh water. So like trying to identify problems in the world and how can we use technology to try Mm. to solve them? So like that type of digital citizenship, those types of conversations, um, You know, uh, we did something with our local senior center. We had, it's based on the Cyber Seniors documentary, where it's like, how can we part in like an intergenerational approach is how can we partner up our young people with old people that probably say, all these kids are always on their phones. Technology is terrible. How can we get these younger (laughs) students meeting with them? Almost like as like mentors to the older, the senior citizens to be like, hey, this, email, this technology is actually a powerful way to connect people. Like you can use video, you can use, I don't know, it doesn't have to always be viewed as this bad thing. Um, there's bad stuff happening out there, but um, right. I guess it's so that's when I say redefining. I guess it's just as a district trying to make sure that we're not just coloring a poster and hanging it on the wall and calling that digital citizenship to check, to check a box, but to do some meaningful work around those five pillars um you know inclusion accessibility things like that just you know we use the hashtag like use tech for good and keeping that i guess in the back of our mind like how are you using tech for good um how are you using tech to make a difference in the world or a difference in someone's life something like that i think is just it's just an important conversation It, it touches on the empathy piece and it maybe gets uh kids to think twice about um, how they're using technology. If they're, when they're not supervised, when they're, when that trusted adult isn't hanging right over their shoulder, maybe because we've had those conversations, they're making better decisions. I mean, kids are still going to mess up. It's what we do. It's what kids do. It's what I did. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, how do we, you know, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Was that a a push from, from you? Was it a push from administration, from school leadership? How did, how did this kind of digital citizenship push came,
1: come about? Um, I mean, I I wouldn't say it was a strictly a push for me. It was something that I advocated for, but I think, sure. you know, um, I, I think we all realize the need for it. And I mm-hmm. think like, so in New York state, you have to have a technology plan and your technology plan has to get approved in order to get funding from the state. So it was like, okay, well, we need to come up with like three goals that we can try to tackle. And that just became one of our goals. And then we built some professional development around it and professional learning around it. and. I think it's done us well. I guess to make that the focus of one of our goals. So you know we've done. There's a there's already a unit happening in grade seven ELA um, it, around technology in the teenage brain. So how can we take that unit and kind of put the digital citizenship spin on it? We already do civics in social studies. How can we um, realize that if we're trying to make positive change in the world through civics and civic engagement, how can technology play a role? Um, it's just not like our. I guess. Our local communities and the issues that we have in our in our actual world some of those the, the issues are happening in online spaces i think we have to be real like online communities are also communities because there's a human on the other side of the screen so really? it's just yeah that kind of stuff
2: yeah that's I, that's I, really that's, uh, it's sorry go ahead dave
0: no no that's incredibly well said and and I, I i remember reading something about that maybe two years ago or so where there was a it was somebody was saying that at some point we'll need internet police not saying that we need, you know, internet police to like get you in trouble for doing something, but, you know, online and internet needs to be regulated a little bit more because it can't just be the wild, wild west. We can post and say and do anything because as we're seeing, you know, words matter and and, and intent matters and they can be harmful and it's, it's really hard on some people. And so the more that we can teach that appropriate etiquette and citizenship in a more Global fashion, like what you guys are doing, you know, it's more than just saying, "Hey, don't put your last name as your password," or "Be nice online." You know, you you are taking actionable steps towards it. That really is making a better world, and uh, that's, I think, that's the that's what we should all strive for. And it sounds like you guys are doing that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, and the, you look at the, even the media literacy piece. You know how critical that is to today's world. Um, trying to decipher what's real, what's yep. not. Um, I mean, that's part of the conversation too. That's, I guess, part of being alert. Yep.
2: So another concept you kind of talked about um, is, is the idea of uh, global collaboration. so you mentioned earlier like the you know the fact that you stepped out of your your bubble and we all did the same thing. I know I'm the same world I mean stepping out of my I was a high school English teacher and then transitioned to a district wide um, tech coach and so I met teachers like my eighteenth year of teaching in this district I met people who had also been there for eighteen years that I'd never spoken to before and I'm, I'm sure that you had probably a similar uh, experience. And, you know, so that, that sort of broadened my horizons just on the small scale, but then getting into things like the global GEG and Google trainer and things like, you know, the innovator program and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was able to sort of expand globally and and I'm assuming that's kind of similar to what you're kind of talking about. Uh, go ahead, if, whatever yeah. your. are yeah,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, you know, the global collaboration piece, I think it's just an extension of digital citizenship. I think there's a big overlap. Um, it's just bringing people together. So, you know, how can we use technology to make something possible that maybe wasn't before? And I think, you know, when we can get students collaborating on a project between our students in New York, and I'll give you an example of a project we did with a classroom in um, South Korea, we did like a collaborative writing project on Boom And the kids exchange chapters back and forth and they voted on their favorite one. At the end of it, they had literally published a book that was printed. And and now it's in our school libraries. Um, I mean, something like that wouldn't have been possible without the technology. Um, But, you know, there's kids working together on a fun project. They're building literacy skills, but they're also connecting with each other. to read each other's writing and to realize, like, that we have more similarities than differences, as and we can embrace those differences. But at the end of the day, we're more alike than we are different. So, um, you know, we've done projects with um, a, a school in Ghana. You know, it started it's like getting teachers connected. Like the, the whole Skypeathon idea was fantastic for our teachers, of because we had a whole day of just virtual field trips and connecting with others. And when when our teachers, this was pre pandemic, realized like, wow, I can have like a, a part national park service park ranger taking me around the aztec ruins national monument and giving us a tour and having our students ask questions that was just like that like okay i now then now they get excited and they're like hey what can what if we connected our students with the stu-, you know whatever it is um and just realizing now how easy it is to click on a, a google meet link or a zoom link or whatever and just bring people together um i think we're seeing more of that i think we need more of that um I don't know so that's just kind of what fuels me i just the, the the light bulb moments between our teachers when they realize that they can get out step out of their we called it a bubble and mm. you know um make friendships with kids or uh just do something meaningful with technology um, yeah
2: yeah and from from the tech aspect i think too it's really funny that um because i remember we did the the global read aloud i want to say maybe a year before the pandemic hit And I mean, the, the concept of students seeing other students on the screen was like such a foreign thing. Like it took them forever. It took like two or three meetings for them to get past the, like, oh, I can see that kid, you know, look at his shirt and look at that. You know I mean? Like now connecting and teachers connecting with other teachers. And like, that is such a, it's just part of life now. And so we can move kind of past some of that stuff and get into, you know, now we're just like connecting with people and we're not fascinated by the fact yeah. that they're on a screen anymore no uh, i, mean, I didn't think that yeah. was so funny when we did that the first time
1: yeah I'm, i can remember how one thing it. that sticks out in my mind we were doing a mystery skype with the classroom and around the yeah. chesapeake bay area and that teacher talking about to our students about how our water runoff runs into their waterways and eventually it reaches the chesapeake and our students are like oh and then they wanted to research that uh yeah you know we had students doing the rock paper scissors before to decide who was going to ask the first question of the mystery skype One of the students on the other end of the camera told one of our students, Hey, I really like your glasses. And like you could just see how happy the student was because that's Mm -hmm. acknowledged them. Like, whereas no one in their class had in their own class has ever said anything about their glasses, but here was somebody on the other side of the screen. And like just that, like just the cool connections, I guess, are just powerful. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's fun we actually just did not that long ago we had a um our our computer science teacher was able to um connect with a guy who is actually the son of one of our teachers but not he lives in new york uh in new york city and he uh he's in he's got an IT not IT degree he's got like a programming degree but he also does like music uh engineering and he's worked on like grammy uh award winning projects and mm-hmm. and he's a person of color and so in our my district is largely um uh is a very mixed demographic and so there's a lot of kids who you know are um african-american kids or kids with hispanic backgrounds who just don't see people who look like them in those types of roles and you know being able to like reach out and say here i am i'm a person of color i have this job you know that you normally see like white males in like this is it was just such a cool thing, and they had such great questions. and, like, you know, it just is an experience that they wouldn't have been able to have uh, otherwise. And I think, you know, the pandemic brought us horrible things. um, but at the same time, it definitely opened some doors that I think are hugely beneficial to education uh, all Abs- over the
0: place. absolutely. what One of the coolest parts about it, I think, too, is that, like Michael was saying, is that uh, comfortability on screen. You know, like more and more people feel comfortable being on screen like this, and it gives us right. that chance to make better connections. Uh, we had, we have STEM night coming up in our school district. And one of the people that we're bringing in is, uh, he's been to our school before, and he he's in Canada. And he was very worried about crossing the border if it would be open in time to be with our kids. He's from Washington University in St. Louis. And so he uh, had to go back to Canada. And he's going on, he was on screen with our kids. And I remember like two, three years ago, he did that with the kids where he Zoomed. He works for uh, the Department of Planetary Sciences. So his job is to go to Alaska. Shout out to Scott, if you're listening to this, which he may be. <laughs> I know he does listen to this. So he, his job is to go and search for meteorite fragments. And uh, the first time he was on Zoom with our kids, he was like, yeah, so this is what I do. And everyone was like, uh, what? And then this time, when he's been on Zoom with the kids, they know what to do. So they're clicking to raise their hand to ask questions, and they're putting their questions in the chat. And it's you know, it it was like night and day difference. Uh, it was amazing. So yeah, I mean, it something positive. Uh, it's just that that global outreach, that uh, familiarity with that. So such a cool, cool topic.
1: Yeah, if I could do a little uh, shameless uh, self promotion for uh, an organization that I, so I'm uh, one of the three teacher i guess facilitators or leaders of uh, global ed student chat and okay. this chat is just strictly run for students by students they do this uh so like the next one come they choose the topics they brainstorm the questions we always get a guest expert on panel but classrooms from around the world can join in um so it's global ed com and um I, Jennifer Castad, another Google innovator, uh, helps out with it, and uh, Lee Castle from the Digital Human Library helps out with it. So we kind of just make sure that the students are kind of on track. But the next one coming up is all about peer pressure. They've done stuff on mental health. They've done stuff on the future-ready student. But um, it's a it's a live it's a Twitter chat, but it's also like a live YouTube chat. But it's just creating more opportunities for students to connect with other students um, around meaningful conversations and questions. Um, that matter to kids. So I think you know it's another way that students are using technology for good. There's that digital citizenship piece. Right. Um, so if anyone out there listening has students that might be interested in learning maybe how to use social media in in a way to engage with other kids around topics of of importance to kids, um, global ed ss chat uh, is a hashtag to check out.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll put you that in the show notes. It's yep. super cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Lots of really, uh,
2: really impressive stuff. Uh, and, and again, yeah. it I think it helps to, you guys got kind of into the game kind of early. Um, yeah. There are a lot of people who are, in a lot of districts who are just now starting um, to, to, to have roles like this with, with technology coaching or technology uh, sort of uh, specialists in the district. Um, if you had, you know, you've been at it for a while. If you had suggestions for people just getting started in this role, um, you know, what would those be? To put you on the spot a little bit. Didn't prep you yeah. for this question. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not I the show it's, notes.
1: That's a great question though. We're um, off script. I mean, I think like on question, like modeling like what you'd want to see in others, making sure that you're taking the lead on that. Like I know I had a cart of iPads and I was doing stuff with those iPads and taking the lead and trying some stuff that other people weren't trying. Um, I think being someone that other people are comfortable coming to with a problem, um, and you're someone, you know, being a go to, uh, you know putting yourself out there and being willing to help others. I think people need to see you as someone willing to help. Like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna seem like an inconvenience to Michael if I ask him this question. Um, maybe so. those are some of the little things you can do. Um, I think probably, you know, in terms of like, so, you know, we talked about badges or certifications, some things like that, you can maybe take a little bit of initiative to go through the Google certifications, go through the Microsoft certifications, build a community, Uh, if you're really serious about it, check the Ed Surge index, like job board for the different ed tech career postings that are out there in schools. Um, they're out there. So if you really want to, but you know, um, you know, relationships are key. So if you could do stuff in your own district to start, I think that's huge for sure. Yeah.
2: You know if you're if if you're out there and you're wondering what kind of certifications Michael's talking about just go to uh, michaeldresick.com and scroll <laughs> down the f- the front page on the right hand side is just about every type of certification a person can get yes um and I'm scrolling through here and I am seeing some of my favorite products on here Bloxels yep uh, Bloxels is a St. Louis company we love Bloxels yeah, here love Bloxels. Uh, probably one of my favorite um one of my favorite tools ever. Uh,
1: that's no, yes, so making that. sense because when I connected with the Bloxels guy, he was wearing a Cardinals hat. So now there it is. Is it was it Robin or what, do you remember who it was? Uh, it was uh, I was one of the guys, big guy, beard. Uh, yes.
2: Uh, God, what
1: is his name? I can't think of it right now. But <laughs> yeah, we hung out with him pre-pandemic, a bunch. but he was amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's fantastic. So anyway, uh, like obviously this this is a great list of certifications, but you've also earned all of these things, and I think you know. Yep. This is a big part of what being sort of a tech forward, um, you know, teacher even is all about is exploring some of these things, like you said, doing stuff that other people aren't necessarily doing and kind of stepping out of that comfort zone. Um, You know, and and again, it takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of effort to go through, um, you know, some of these pre prepared uh, certifications, but they're totally worth it because you see stuff that you wouldn't see, even if you're like, yeah, I know how Wakelet works or I know how brain pop works, but like their certifications are built to give you a little bit of extra training. And that's, you know, something you can throw on your email. And uh, you know, if you, if if you work your way up to doing some consulting that stuff helps, Um, but that's awesome stuff.
1: People ask me sometimes like, Oh, why, why do you want to be an ambassador? Like what's the point of being an ambassador? And for me, it's like, I want access to the other people that are using that product right, so that yeah. I can just like it's the connections. It's the networking. Yep. I don't care about the T-shirt or the stickers. I, I really want to um, get to meet people that are using yep. these products. So I don't know that that to me has been the, the big value and a, a huge help or boost, I guess, in my work in this role, because I know I have someone I can reach out to if I want to bounce an idea off of them for whatever that product is.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what I always tell people when they, they ask, you know, like what was the, cause I went through the innovator program too, and the trainer program and, and all that. And I think the innovator program alone, um, you know, the program itself was great. It was three fun days in Google and we did all this cool stuff. And I have a project I'm still working on. It's been, you know, four years now. Um, but the thing that I got out of that was like lifelong friends those those connections that i made in that organization and, and the same thing happens at every conference we go to and every time we find a new niche of people uh you know anytime you get a new group of chatters on twitter just this um, podcast the yeah absolutely the i mean we we've met amazing. more people doing this podcast including michael um yep. You God, know Michael. who now? Uh, you know we we consider our friends. So he's in the club. If I was getting married again, you guys would all be invited. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I think I'm, I'm probably busy that playing. weekend, but
0: thanks for the invite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, like, and I think that's what you what you're talking about is is right. so important. Even if you're not necessarily a coach, but you know, and we talked like for about six seconds last in the last episode about the temptation to go to like pre prepared stuff on on certain websites where you can buy things that other teachers have put together uh and, and then the, you to
0: pay them yes. for yes
2: um right it's a site where people who teach pay pe- other, other people who teach other
0: individuals who are educators
2: um and then the reliance on stuff that other people did like right. this is exactly you're talking about the exact opposite putting some onus yep. on the yep. work and and building your own kids education instead of just I just think that's really, really important and not, not enough people do it
0: as much nope. as they should, I, I think.
2: But, you know, there's my soapbox for the night.
0: A whole other episode we could do on that one, though, if you want to- Oh,
2: it would be terrible. I don't, I don't think I, we should never record it because it won't, it won't be positive at all. And it, like will, not be, it
0: will not be a positive episode no it will not
2: so instead uh we're going to jump into um what we're working on we've taken up so much of your time it's almost like 11 o'clock there where you are uh yep. so we apologize uh we all got to work for, tomorrow so yeah no joke um so anyway let's really quickly kind of go through what what's coming up for us what we're working on dave Why don't you start us off?
0: Yeah, Um, so we are officially done as of today with our uh, state testing. So, which is fantastic, and uh, no major hiccups, uh, unlike last year. Last year, I don't know if I told this on the podcast or not, but last year, I had a third grader who took their test, and they took the whole thing, spent forty five minutes on their test, and then their uh, teacher texted me and said, "Hey, Dave, we are uh, we are done with the test, and I just wanted to tell you that." Um, he's going to have to retake his test because his test was in Spanish and he does not speak Spanish. So when I went down and I said, why did you finish this whole test in Spanish? He said, I thought it was a Spanish test. So, but he did assure me. how did he, he do? Me. That's the real question. He did assure me he tried his best. So I contacted, oh, I contacted them and I had to uh, reset it, but we did not have any issues like that this year which is a, a good thing. So state testing is done. Um, I have uh, and more meetings with, uh, which uh, kind of a cool, I'll plug this very cool project. I get nothing out of this, but i want to plug the organization cause it's just fantastic. Um, The Illinois State Museum Organization, I get to serve on a teacher advisory group with that, where we uh, we come together and we're thinking about ways that we can bring more 21st century technology into the state museums. And so, um, you know, Illinois is more than Springfield and Chicago, but um, everybody knows the Lincoln Museum and the Field Museum. And uh, so we're kind of focusing on how we can make those things more uh, capable of being brought to the classroom. And uh, we're working on that right now. It's a very cool project. And just looking at ways that we can integrate more ed tech and tools like that. Spring break starts next week. And I cannot say how much I am anticipating this. Uh, this is one of the first years where I feel like we're hitting spring break and I am ready for spring break. Usually yeah. I got a little more gas in my tank, but man, I do not this year. So I, uh, yeah. I wish I had something good to say there, but I'm about done. So Adam, most everybody
2: feels, feels about the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine is pretty much the same as last time. We also finished up our state testing. I did have on uh, Monday, our very first day of testing, all sixth grade levels in the middle of their tests. Everything's great. Internet goes down um, uh, in, in the whole, Like I, the internet was down. Obviously that's a problem. I'm trying to call people. People are calling me. It's like a disaster. Uh, it came back up only like five minutes later, but you know how the tests go. You have to like shut everybody down and get yep. them all restarted yep. and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I had like 20 emails from other tech guys in our area. They're like, hey, is your internet down? Is your internet guys nice. And I all I could that. picture, if you guys remember uh, from Airplane, um the movie <laughs> Airplane, do you remember when like the lights on the runway go yep. out and yep. they're like, whoa, the lights are out? And it's John, it's, uh <laughs> I guess his name is John, right? Uh, yeah, and he's I like, so. and he's got the plug in his hand. Like that's yep. kind of what I imagine <laughs> happened. Yep somebody mm-hmm. goes like Poop, boop anyway so we're done with that we all survived it all went fine and you know yay yay uh but i am still uh in the senior web developer course that i uh in, in prepping for a job change which is coming in july um a uh it's a course on udemy and if you've never used udemy before it really is it's udemy it's a great um resource and there's all sorts of cl- courses but I learned more about coding from like the two courses that I bought on there, and they are normally priced at like two hundred bucks, and they're usually on sale for like twelve. So every now and again, I'll grab one of those, and um, they are so so fantastic. And yep. that's uh, so it's the it's the zero to mastery uh, program, senior web developer course. If you're interested, very very cool. Also, still working on a secret project, which we will be talking about at some point when I make a little bit more uh, progress on it. And baseball is starting, and that's going to take up um a lot of my free time is watching baseball watching the cardinals yep. play
1: yep.
2: so michael what do you got coming up
1: uh yeah i mean i'm working on uh, getting ready for spring break as well yeah uh we are it takes kind prep of planning a trip to get out of here but we haven't pulled the yeah. trigger yet on uh, what that will be so we I, I like to wing it uh last break we had a february break we drove down to north carolina but we like didn't plan it until the day before so we'll see uh you know awesome. where the compass points us uh mm-hmm. over our spring break
2: st louis uh, is a great place to visit it is you great i'll
1: check the weather mm. forecast if the weather is better than here I, i'm game uh yeah we it, got
2: one of the best free zoos in the country it's it, fantastic. it is
1: the best free zoo yeah that's true yeah. Right. It is, lots it's of fantastic. cool stuff for kids i lots think cool you should put that link in the show notes too so that i can click on that and then check that S- out S- uh, we'll we'll
2: throw some <laughs> stl uh <laughs> yeah some stuff in there for you for sure
1: um but yeah no, know i've been uh working uh i started an esports program last spring it was supposed to launch pre-covid that got shut down uh so been working on esports stuff i'm uh, trying to get our local google educator group more active um i talked about Global Ed student chat earlier their uh, talk is coming up next tuesday um global maker day is also something that i'm a part of i help try to organize that uh, with a few other educators around the globe and uh you know, that's not until october Uh, but if you've never checked out global maker day, um, there's some of us are are global Some of us are where it's a full day in October, free maker challenges running on the uh, half hour. And, um, I just think it's a neat opportunity for kids. We talk about global collaboration. Uh, we talk about using tech for good. That's just another way to do that. So, um, I don't really have any like big projects in district right now, other than like our civics readiness project, uh, with some classrooms, but. I'm just my calendar just pops up and uh, I guess new student teachers in our district now. And Mm. I always uh, find it, uh, I guess, really fun to work with some teachers that are like still in their pre-service program that want to collaborate. Um, So I I, I met with a student teacher today, did a real uh, cool uh, lesson on SEL with uh, the Merge Cube and the uh, Moment AR app uh, with a student teacher uh, last week. Uh, Just, you know, there's always something different shaking. in. I guess in, in my world, like as I'm sure it's similar for all of you. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. The, uh, anytime we can get those pre-service teachers to have more tech experience, I know they just don't get that prep. There's just not a lot of colleges that have good educational technology uh, courses in their, in their pre-service teacher prep stuff. It's, yeah, it's every single
1: one of them that I talk to, they're like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is wonderful. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, I love, I always love working with them.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, and I think that's relevant I think in the too. Yeah, for sure. And I think in the next few years you'll start seeing teachers who like used Google as students and will have more comfort. Yeah. It'll take a little bit probably before they get there but but then again, yeah. a lot of colleges don't use Google. They go a different direction. And then they go back to Google when they go to school for most places. Not everybody, but most places do. So right. Interesting. It's very interesting. There again, there's another great podcast topic is dealing with pre-service teachers and technology it would be really interesting to uh, we'll that have one. that conversation. That'll be part two. So, uh, so Mike, what are you drinking?
1: Um, I have some uh, Southern tier distilling uh, cinnamon candy, apple whiskey. So oh, um, I like the phenomenal. flavors. <laughs> I like the flavored yeah. stuff. Um, I'm a huge pumpkin guy. I know people like what's that? but like pumpkin spice, their pumpkin is phenomenal. So like Southern hmm. tier brewing, brewing company makes some really fantastic beers around here. They also have a distillery and, uh, They've got some really creative whiskeys. They've got a s'mores whiskey. They've got uh, the cinnamon apple one. They've got some, uh, if, I, I know I put the, the link in there, but some of the um, some of the concoctions that they come up with are super creative. So uh, just always up for trying something new.
2: Okay. I am too. I'm looking at Total Wine to see if they've got some uh, Southern <laughs> Tier overpacked variety. I'm
0: come through here, Total Wine.
2: In stock. Sweet. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that sounds delicious. I do love me a flavored delicious. whiskey as well. What about Absolutely. you, uh, Dave? What do you got?
0: I made a bourbon mule tonight, or a Kentucky mule rather. Um, uh, it's a Moscow mule, so the same ingredients, except instead of vodka, you put uh, you put bourbon in there, and um, I just put Knobs Creek bourbon in, and it is fantastic. It's a ginger beer, lime juice, bourbon, and it is. It's one of the, one of my favorite drinks. So. Uh, wow. highly, highly recommended. That sounds delicious. What about you?
2: Uh, I've got a, a stolen rock and rye. Is a uh, mm. it's a uh, I don't remember if it's the, what the company is, but it, I it's stolen is the company, I guess. But anyway, you can find it every now and again. It's, it's a pre made rock and rye, it's honey and orange peel and, and bourbon. It's delicious. Uh, and I'm almost out, so I gotta find another one. <laughs> Um, so, uh, anyway, Michael, uh, we really appreciate you taking this time. I know that yeah. it's late where you're at. Um, and, uh, and I know that we got to go to work tomorrow for whatever reason, but we, uh, we really appreciate you taking this time and chatting with us. And I love the stuff that you were doing, uh, with all the yeah. digital citizenship and all yeah. that it just sounds like your district is an amazing place to be. Yep. And you're a huge part of that, uh, of the reason why. One hundred. Um, so thanks again for coming.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was really nice getting to, getting the chat, getting to meet you. Thanks for welcoming me into your, uh, your friends group. Uh, shout out to the, uh, three people listening. Uh, that's right. <laughs> maybe four. Yeah. Know.
2: Somebody <laughs> might've picked up halfway. Through. And if Elon Musk uh, is
0: listening to this, we love you. And obviously you're going to be a great king of right. the earth and everything. So, you know, <laughs> yeah.
2: Or, or Mars, maybe he'll just go and be like, start his own planet. Oh my gosh. Uh, that would be awesome. Like a total know. recall. There we that's go. That's right. Oh, it could be. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so anyway, uh, again, thank you guys so much Fantastic. for taking the time. Dave, again, yep. you took your time this evening. Thank you for being here as well. Yeah,
0: and um, thank you, Adam, for taking your time as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. You uh, you can find the podcast on all of your podcast places, uh, uh-huh. at Spotify and uh, Pandora and Stitcher and all of those places, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcast. You can also find us on the Education Podcast Network. That's so right. you go to uh, network.com. Lots of uh, and episodes, you can find uh, us and some shows. other really, really great people there. Yep. Uh, you can also find us on the internet at uh, edtechdistilled.com. You can find us on Twitter, also at edtechdistilled. Um, and we will uh, hopefully gets, uh, see you in the chat. Feel free to, uh, to share this podcast out or join the conversation or shoot us a tweet. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to join the conversation, you can also do that on our website, uh, as well again at techdistill.com and then uh, search for join up there on the top and hopefully uh, we will continue this conversation uh, outside of the podcast but thanks again Michael thank you David and thank you all for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode
1: thank you